put your hands together. Song says, I'll have a new life. On that resurrection morning, when all the dead in Christ shall rise, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Soul in weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new
somebody give the Lord a praise in this house tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Songs we'd like to sing tonight, page 62, page 2.
James 1.28. You're there. Oh, we survive. 
give Jesus a praise in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. One day we're going to get out of here, church. You hear me? Now, it's not all about getting out of here. It's not just about escapism and getting away from all that's wrong. Amen. We're going from something to somebody, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But I will not be disappointed for anything that's been left behind. With all the pain, all the sickness, all the trials, all the problems, all the, all the warfare, all of that nonsense that we have to deal with every day, amen, to live for Jesus and work for God, we're going to wave goodbye to it one day. You hear me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to get out of here, church. We're going home. <laughs> oh, my, Paul said, if I had hope in this life only, I'd be of all men most miserable. Michael, if this was as good as it ever got, amen, we'd sure be in trouble. Hallelujah. But this isn't all there is to it. This is not the conclusion of the matter. Amen. We will live with him on the other side of eternity forever and forever. Hallelujah. I'm listening for the sounding of a trumpet. I'm listening for a shout. Amen. And when I hear that sound, I'm getting out of here. Amen. If you're not listening, you're not going to hear him. If you're not looking, you're not going to see him. If you like what you've got down here, you want to settle for this, you can have this. But I'm looking and I'm listening for Jesus to come. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. What a time we had in the service this morning. Brother Roger Luke preached, I'm telling you, he almost preached me into heaven. Thought I was going to lose gravitation while the man of God was preaching this morning. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost anointed that man to preach today. I said, I, it's all been good. Amen. But all oh, that just so ministered to me uh, this morning. Amen. I appreciate his preaching. Appreciate Sister Linda and the preaching that she's been doing. And as far as we know, she's going to be preaching tonight unless she changes that. But she'll be preaching tonight. We just love and appreciate them so much. Man, feels good in here tonight, doesn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to have all of you with us in the house of the Lord tonight. And, uh, but I've got, a, I've got a special buddy that's with us this evening. He has been a partner with us in missions and in all that we have done um, ever since uh, the, the, the church has been out on Mud Lake Road, Community Full Gospel Church. I hope I get that right. I get most stuff wrong, I try to say, especially if there's any, any, if there's any length to the title. I'll mess it up somewhere. But anyway, um, uh, Brother Tommy Richardson, Pastor Tommy Richardson has been a a wonderful support. I want him just to come up here, if he will, and greet you tonight, amen, and testify before we go into our, to our offering. Come on, Pastor, if you will. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise as he comes. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Amen. 
Praise God. One thing I am glad of, I'm glad that I'm saved, I'm glad that I'm sanctified, and I'm glad that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And listen, that, that while they were singing that song, it just, Brother Mike, it just brought back to my remembrance, an old saint of God that's gone on to be with the Lord. Sister Linda told me years ago when I was a young man, he said, Son, what you're feeling right now is just a down payment on what's going to come. Amen. The rest of what we're going to receive from the Lord is going to happen when that trumpet sounds. Amen. I'm looking forward to that day. How many of you in this church tonight is rapture ready? I'm ready to go home to be with the Lord when that trumpet sounds. Amen. It's just good to be here tonight. I, somebody asked me when I come in the door. Most of you know I work with the sheriff's office. And between the sheriff's office and pastoring, it is a busy schedule. It's hard keeping Scotty Roden straight. I'm telling you. <laughs> But the Lord has blessed us, and I was able to slip away tonight and be with you fine folks here at McLennan Church of God and brought a few of ours with us. And I just want to let you know we love y'all. We love you with all of our hearts, and we're just uh, appreciative that you allow us to support, to uh, partner with you and support the mission work that is going on around this great world. Amen. And I'm just glad that we're a part of that tonight. And uh, like Brother Baltman said when we were coming in the auditorium he said this is what it's all about amen that we just break down the walls and come together amen and worship the Lord and set aside this time for revival I told him I I told our church last night I said there's two things that you can find if you look hard enough you'll find a job there's a job out there there's a lot of work going on and I said you can find revival if you want sometimes you might have to drive a little ways but you can find revival, and I'm glad that I'm here with Brother Shannon and his great church tonight in revival. We just appreciate your prayers. We covet your prayers. I was telling Brother Roger that we just uh, cleared three acres of land behind the church, and uh, we're getting ready to build a new sanctuary uh, very shortly. We're running out of room. We can't (laughs) – all the church holds 135, and we run about that much every Sunday morning. So we're just thankful for your prayers Thankful for your support. A lot of y'all come and back up our revivals when we have them. And can I make mention the camp meeting? All right, I know I'm taking a lot of time. But uh, we start our camp meeting March the 17th. Um, it'll run from the 17th through the 22nd. Uh, we're similar to what Brother Shannon does here. This will be our sixth year having it. Um, it grows every year. Um, this year our speakers will be Sunday morning and Sunday night. Of course, we expect you here with your or at with your pastors Uh, in your home church that Sunday, but Brother Justin Griffiths will be with us that Sunday morning and Sunday night, and then Monday through Friday night, 7.30, or 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, not 7.30, we moved it to 7 o'clock this year, Um, during the week we'll have Brother Lamar Chapman, he'll be preaching our revival camp meeting that week, and Sister Grace Church and her family will be doing the singing for us. The day services uh, will be uh, Tuesday through Friday morning. 11 o'clock, we do the same thing here, get dinner afterwards, free of charge. And Brother Ronnie Cook and Sister Amanda uh, Baldwin will be preaching those services. So we want you to come out and be part of uh, Mud Lake Road Camp Meeting. You'll, I tell you what, I, 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 I'm changed every year that I come to McClinney. God does something in me, and it's the same way. When you come to Mud Lake, you'll never be the same. Amen. You'll find out what Mud Lake is. <laughs> That's sore, especially as wet as it's been. Let's pray. Let's pray. And let's ask God's anointing and blessing um, upon this um, offering tonight. You did want me to pray over the offering, right? Okay, go ahead. 
You want to come on up? I'm through. <laughs> I love you, Pastor. You're so cute. Amen. Appreciate Brother Tommy being with us tonight in his church. I appreciate his support uh, over the years. Like we've said, he has partnered with us, and he has pledged to help us uh, in this camp meeting on the Caribbean side. They're going to be pledging and helping us with that. Now, um, every, every night uh, we'll look at a different uh, area that we're working in, and you should have this sheet out there in the pew in front of you. This sheet explains uh, most of what we've got uh, going on around the world, but certainly not all. There are variations of these uh, branches of ministries that stem off from these areas where we are uh, working, and then we have the, the pledge sheets here. You can pledge to the general missions program, which will, will help fund all of the areas of ministry where we're working. And then if you feel led to specify, uh, as in Pastor Richardson in his church or an individual, if you feel led to specify, we have a place for you to do that and pledge. So tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about Israel. I mentioned it last night, and I'll try to be as brief um, as I can. But we really began our ministry in Israel about two years ago with a church that was actually introduced to us by Pastor Richardson. We had a pastor there in East Jerusalem who was running about 15 people. We just kind of took him in, uh, mentored, supported, sent Brother and Sister Griffin in to run the school, live with the pastor and his wife, and put them through the school of Christ, graduate them. The pastor put his church through the school, graduated them. And now the church is in its third facility, and it's grown from 15 to about 50, and um, every church in Israel, so that, that church is doing as good as any church and better than most, because every church in, in Israel, with very few exceptions, they're very small churches, because uh, in Israel, Christianity is at 2%. Now, think about that. That's 2% if you listen to some, 1% if you listen to others, but less than that is ev evangelical, and less than that would be Pentecostal, and so we have come in. And the Lord has helped us, and we're making a difference in the land of the Bible. Now, and Pastor Richardson also has helped us support, and we work together to support that church and pastor financially. Well, we're also supporting, we have a church on the Mount of Olives. Uh, we, it's an, an intercultural training center that brings people in, students, pastors, whoever, and teaches them and trains them about the culture and how to minister to the different peoples in the land. Israel is a very difficult place to minister. You're not going to go there and get on a street corner and just start preaching and have a lot of people come listen to you. If you wind up on the wrong street corner and you happen to be preaching to a Jewish community, you're going to get arrested and convicted of a felony for trying to uh, convert those Orthodox or Hasidic Jews. And then you have such a mixture of the Arabic culture and with the, with the, uh, with the Jewish culture until, and there's a lot of contention in the land, and Brother and Sister Griffin can tell you they've been there. It, the, the, you can feel, you can feel the, the contention. You can feel the warfare. When you, when you go to Israel, and it's not so much if you go into tour, and, and, uh, and I highly recommend that you do that. Go, go there and see everything you can. But when you step on that land to minister, uh, you're stepping on territory where it all started, and, and it's all going to come to a conclusion right there on this earth. And so that warfare there is intense. When you go there and you do something for God, the devil knows your name and he knows who your church is. I've, I've preached our congregation. The devil's not uh, omnipresent. Of course, we know that most of the time we deal with spirits and we deal with devils. But that satanic kingdom is a highly systemized empire of evil with, with Lucifer 
old Slewfoot, that old dragon, the devil, at the top of that hierarchy. And so it's very, very unlikely for the most part that churches around us have been visited by the devil himself. I believe ours has. And, and if you're a part of this church, you know we've been, we've been visited by him. I'm telling you, when you go there and you make a difference, your name goes on his list. Amen. I'm telling you, we, we've experienced that. But God is blessing, and the Lord is prospering ministry there. We have our uh, intercultural city on the Mount of Olives. We have a training facility and a church there to, to run schools of Christ, pastoral conferences. It's available to us, a guest house there to be able to bring teams in. And uh, so everything is made available there to us. And that facility by itself, if that's all we had, there's so much potential there for ministry in the land of Israel. But that's not all we have. We have the church in East Jerusalem, Pastor Nabil Court. We also have, uh, help me keep this straight, we have five, I believe, other works, uh, smaller churches uh, throughout Israel from Ramallah in the West Bank uh, right on up to around Jerusalem. And I think we even have one over in the Galilee area. Now, we want to do for these churches what we, what we were able to accomplish in East Jerusalem with Brother and Sister Court. And so uh, a part of our missions program and a part of our missions pledges are going to help us and enable us to train ministers and to help support uh, these churches uh, in the land of Israel, amen, and, and gain some territory. There's, there's a very real harvest. Now, for the most part, that Orthodox or Hasidic Jew has closed their mind. They've, they've closed their mind. Very, very few. We, we know what the Bible says, the trouble that's coming to that land because they have closed their mind off to the Messiah, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we know there's a lot of trouble coming. But the problem, when you just think about that, and it's a problem I've found in a lot of places where I've, I've gone and talked to people, they look at Israel and they say, well, God's going to take care of all that. We know where that's all going, so just leave it alone. Let it, let it run its course. Well, there's still a harvest there particularly among the Arabs and the secular Jews. And they, they'll listen to what you have to say. Now, the Lord has given us a wonderful pastor there, and we have others as well. But we have Brother Nabil, who I've mentioned to you for the last couple of years. He wasn't able to be with us tonight. But he, he speaks fluently in Hebrew, Arabic, and English. He is an Israeli citizen of Palestinian descent. And so the restrictions that uh, Arabs have on them to not be able to travel and minister in some of the Jewish areas. He doesn't have those restrictions because he's an Israeli citizen. And some of the restrictions that Israelis would have in going and traveling into the Arab areas, he doesn't have the restrictions on him to not go there because he is of Palestinian descent. And so the Lord has blessed us to be able to connect with him. And then, like I said, we have these other pastors uh, throughout the land. So uh, there, there's still some Christianity there, and if you know anything about the Word of God, when you start, when, when, when that church begins to move forward and realizes and understands who they are in Christ and what God can do through them, I don't care where you find them. I don't care where they are. They're going to gain ground. They're going to push back the boundaries of the kingdom of hell, and they're going to expand the boundaries of God's kingdom. That doesn't mean that end-time prophecy is going to change any. It's not going to change at all by what we do there. But we're going to reap a harvest in the land of the Bible. Anybody who tells you that there's not a harvest, I've heard them. I've heard them say, leave them alone. You know what the Bible says. And I respond, yes, I know what the Bible says, but apparently you don't. 
He said, go into all the world. That doesn't exclude Israel and preach the gospel to them. And who says we can't when God says we can? Now, I'm telling you there's a move of God around this world, and the land of Israel is not excluded from that move of God. So that is a part of what we're doing, and we want you to join with us and help us with that mission as well. Now, it's time to start turning these pledge sheets in. So if you know someone who's taking a pledge sheet or a promise sheet, whatever you call that, we're not going to dun anybody. We're not going to send a, a, you know, a bill to anybody's mailbox. This just means as the Lord enables you and as you can, it's a, it is a pledge by faith uh, that you'll join with us and partner with us in this global mission, amen, that, that God has opened up to us. So we want to get these turned in as soon as you can now. Ushers, if you'll come around, we'll receive our offering tonight. It is also especially good to have Brother Emmanuel Oslam with us. Brother Emmanuel, would you stand? We're going to be hearing from him a little bit tomorrow night. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for this man of God. Amen. We've been supporting him in Pakistani ministries, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow night, the Crusades. Uh, we're going to talk about the slave ministry, uh, School of Christ. I tell you, he's just been such a wonder, wonderful blessing to us. I want you to pray. We've got a little visa problem with him, uh, and American Airlines or Homeland Security held his luggage. He got that this morning. But when he came into Philadelphia, he forgot to ask me, and I forgot uh, to ask me for a, a letter to, and of invitation, which he needs to get in here at, uh, from, from the start time to the finish date when he would return back, uh, go back home. Well, he didn't have that, and they were just about to turn him away at customs and send him back to Pakistan, and he was able to produce the flyer with his name on it, confirming that he was supposed to be here for a certain amount of days. So, Brother Roger, you saved us when you made that flyer, but uh, they still only granted him a six-day stay and so as it is now he'll have to go back this coming Monday but he's supposed to be here for a couple of weeks and preaching around and then he'll have to change his uh, ticket to travel back home and they don't let you do that without cost and we don't know what that cost is going to be yet so we want you to help us pray for favor that we can we can get all of that change but but if he has to go back that we're just going to trust God then that that was in God's plan that God knew all about that before we did and that there'd be a reason for that. But we're so glad to have you with us here tonight. Brother Buddy, would you ask the Lord to bless the offering and pledges? Amen. Worship as you give tonight.
service tomorrow. Our day crowds have been very well attended. Those of you who have been able to be out with us, we appreciate that. Uh, 10.30 tomorrow, Sister Linda will be preaching in the, tonight and in the morning, so you don't want to miss that. And then we have lunch provided and good fellowship after that. Now, we have several meetings that are going on around us that are, and one taken up uh, beginning tonight, and a lot have, that have supported the meeting are going to be spread out. So those of you that can come we need you here, but whether we're many or whether we're few, I believe God's going to meet the need. I know God's going to be here. He's here tonight. I've felt him already. I've been blessed in my soul. Amen. If I had to leave right now, I could say it's been good to be here in the presence of the Lord. We want to invite the Nesbitt family to come around. Amen. Have you enjoyed them this week? Praise the Lord. We appreciate them so much. I keep waiting on an invitation to join the group, but it just hasn't come through yet. I, I can't even get the song list. I don't know what the problem is. Sister Cindy's going to help me with that, though. She's got, she's got connections. Amen. <laughs> Worship with them as they come. I'd never know that God could solve. 
praise tonight. Amen. Don't forget about our service tomorrow at 1030. Come out, worship the Lord with us. Come on, Sister Baltman, and share with us what the Lord has laid on your heart. Amen. Praise God. I feel like I'm in church tonight. I don't know about you. After this morning, I feel like I got saved all over again. Isn't that good that you can feel saved all over again? My, it was wonderful. Brother Roger always preaches good this morning. I believe he just preached right to me if nobody else needed it. I sure did and wanted it. And I, I told him this week, I said, I'm like a sponge. I'm going to be soaking up everything I can get. And I need it. I want it. 
and God's got it. So there's no excuse for me not to receive it. Amen. I appreciate what he has said to us this week and the Lord using him. I appreciate the forever redeemed singers singing. They have blessed my soul. Always do. Dear friends of ours, and I was just looking at my little buddy Aaron sitting up there playing the drums and singing. I couldn't help but reminisce over the night we were with Sister Hazel Mixum in revival. Little bitty, I don't know, eight, nine years, something. I've forgotten his age. And he had some warts on his hands, and he just, I think Mama wanted him to go to the doctor, and he said, Mama, I just want to trust the Lord. Came down that night, everybody gathered around, prayed for him. Next day, I think the biggest one fell off. He doesn't have any warts. That's that childlike faith that God will honor, always has, and he always will honor that childlike faith. No questions asked. No explanations, just, Lord, I believe you'll do it. Amen. Isn't it a good feeling when you can get there? Anybody ever been there besides me? I'm not saying I'm there all the time, but I've been there a few times. Just that childlike faith, oh, it does not matter what's taking place. It does not matter what's going on. God's going to do it, and I just know he is. Amen. I am enjoying myself, and I appreciate Brother Shannon inviting me and Brother Maltman to come. It's always our privilege and joy to be at McClenny. It's always great to see visitors, friends of ours that come in from other churches. Brother Tommy, always good to see you and the ones that have come with you tonight. And I count it a privilege to be here. I thank God for the ladies. They prepared some wonderful food. I'm telling you, I've enjoyed it. It's just blessed me. Somebody brought in a a covered dish with all kinds of look like good-looking cookies. I don't know what they were, but I said, go hide them. I'll find them. If you'll go hide them, I'll find them. But I appreciate the delicious food. Appreciate Brother Tommy and Sister Lynette doing a great job keeping the facilities looking beautiful. I failed to ask who cleaned the guest room and prepared it for us. I know Sister Jiminy texted me about goodies, snacks. Uh, Brother Shannon wants to take the credit, but I doubt it. I just doubt it. But whoever cleaned it, thank you. Appreciate it. Amen. I'm still, Sister Lynette did. Oh, thank you. We're not going to let you have the credit tonight. Pulling rank on you again, brother. Hallelujah. But isn't it good to feel the presence of the Lord? I, I, I'm like, Brother Shannon, now if I left, I could say it's just been good to have been in the presence of the Lord. What Brother Roger preached about this morning. My Lord, I've been in His presence so many times in so many different ways. And I've never been in His presence that He did not have something just for me. I'm glad He loves you and I that much. He's here tonight. The Word of God says so. He says we're two or three, and we got way more than two or three, are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. That means I'm here for one as much as I am for the other. And I'm glad he's with us. If you've got your Bibles, look in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I don't know what all God's done in these altars, uh, these services. I may never know. And some people will say, well, in eternity we'll find out. I don't know how it's going to be there. But I just want to thank God. If you've been touched. If you've been ministered to, if you've been encouraged, if you've been strengthened, if you've been healed, if you've been spoken to, 
by God for whatever purpose or reason. I want you to always give him thanks and praise and glory. We're undeserving, but we should be ever so grateful. Amen. Luke chapter 18, go with me to verse 1. Very familiar story. And sometimes people don't, they just read right over these scriptures and don't get the message. And I don't want to be one of those. I have been. I don't want to be one of those. But in Luke 18 verse 1, it said, And he, making reference to Jesus, he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Thank you for standing while I read the scriptures tonight. I want to preach on a thought that I hope no one gets offended by the title, but I want to preach along the lines of giving the devil a black eye. That may sound a little strange, but stay with me. I know you've heard some people make this statement. I made the statement myself. I just love to give him a black eye. If I could get my hands on him, I'd choke him. I'd kick him in his chin. Amen. I'd scratch his eyes out if I could just get my hand on him. Y'all ever felt that way about the devil? Well, that's a good way to feel about him because he is a mutual enemy of every last living being on this earth. Whether sinner or whether Christian, he is our enemy. His desire, Jesus tells us plainly in John chapter 10, verse 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He warned us. He told us. Amen. But it, it, he didn't leave us with a negative thought. He put that positive right beside it. But I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. I'm not here to glamorize the devil. Just stay with me, all right? But I, I know we've all been harassed by him. We've all been tormented, afflicted by him. We've all been hurt by him. We know or should know that he is our enemy. Though he may use other people to hurt us, they are not our enemy. He is our enemy. And he is after our soul. He will not stop if we give space to him. He will take even more and more. As one preacher said, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. You give him a mile, he'll take a hundred miles. He's never satisfied. You can never satisfy the devil. 
if you compromise in one area of your life, he won't be satisfied with that until he will have you and I compromising so much until no one will have confidence in you and I. If we compromise the word of God, water it down so no one will be offended with us, uh, so no one will say things negative about us. He won't be satisfied with that one portion of scripture, but he'll demand another and another. Amen. So he's our enemy. I look at my unsaved family and I see what he's doing to them. And I remember what he was doing to me and that makes me despise him even more and more. And I hear news reports about little children being molested. And Brother Roger gave the statistics of how that Atlanta right now is declared the most uh, topic, uh, a high-ranking city with human trafficking uh, that's no, known. And there, there were 400 young girls, you may have read that in the news or heard about it, that were carried to the ball game, the, the what was it called, the Super Bowl, and they were going to sell those little girls to men that would pay prices for that. And every time I hear about horrible, awful things like that, it makes me hate the devil even more and more and more. It never makes me want to give up on God. It never makes me want to say, well, God, why are you allowing this? Uh, God's not the backer of all of these horrible things. It's the devil that's doing it. And when we turn from God to the devil, we're playing right into his hands. And he's gaining what he is after. Amen. I wish that our youth could see and realize how cunning and sly the enemy is. And how that he will, in every avenue, he can approach their minds and their hearts and their emotions and their desires and their feelings and their human side of life to appeal to them with a world that's already got a judgment declared upon it. And one day it's going to be annihilated. God's going to destroy it by fire. If we could get our youth to see and realize you get a hold of any part of this world, you're going to be left uh, high and dry. It's not going to help you. You may gain pleasures for a season, but when that season is over, it's back to square one looking for something else to appease that conscience. Amen. But it's not that fellow around us that's our enemy it's the devil himself and Paul wrote it like this to the church at Ephesus chapter 6 and verse 12 and if you'll go and read in revelations about the church of Ephesus you'll see how far it departed from what it was in, in the gospels there and that's a sad note but it wasn't because Paul did not try to warn them it's not because Paul did not try to declare unto to them what's coming your way pray seek God amen he said in chapter 6 and verse 12 for we he included himself he said for we wrestle not that wrestle means we struggle not or we fight not or we uh, war not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers uh, against rulers of the darkness uh, of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places.
is. Amen. If the devil was physical and tangible and literal, we could see him like the carpet of this pulpit. It would be seemingly much easier to fight him. But I hope God will help me tonight to open our eyes to realize we have something even more real than a pulpit. We have something more solid than what you and I can touch or see. We have the word of God and it's backing that will support you and I. And he has shown us tonight in this lesson how we can give the devil a black eye. Oh God, I feel your presence in this house tonight. I just want us to know who and what we're fighting. Amen. But then Paul, when he wrote to the church at Corinth, I'm building my foundation, coming back to my scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, down in verse 3 of that chapter, he said, For we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are not fleshly, they are not earthly, they are not man-made, they are not man-given, they are not given by man's intellect. Inge I, I, I would say their ideas, uh, their ingenuity, it's not given by men at all. Oh, they're not carnal, but I'll tell you what they are, Corinth. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh my, I just wanted you to know who our enemy is and let you know there are some weapons that you and I have against the devil. Not just one, we have more than one. And I'm just going to preach on one tonight. But we are not left defenseless. We are not left hopeless. We are not left vulnerable to the devil. We are not an open prey to the enemy. If we'll just know what this Bible teaches and believe it and put it into practice, we can give the devil a black eye instead of allowing him to badger us and beat us and torment us. Oh, help me preach Holy Ghost. Going back to my text, it said in that text, Jesus giving the teaching and the bottom line of it, the teaching here is the importance and the necessity of a consistent, fervent prayer life. Oh, you pe preach on prayer and, and people will sit down on you and look at you like, well, couldn't you find anything else to get me excited about? Lord, if there's anything we need to be excited about is that we don't have to be defeated. I claim my victory, Nesbitt, say amen. I said I claim my victory. He can't have my joy. He can't have my peace. He can't have my mind. He can't have my heart. He can't have my hands. He can't have my eyes. He can't have my tongue. He can't have my nose. He can't have my feet. He can't have my body. Hallelujah. I'm glad there's a way we can defeat him. If we will put it in operation, it will work every time. Woo, God, help me. Lord, help me tonight. 
He said as he began to teach, well, before he gave them the example, it said men ought to always to pray. That word ought is not a suggestion. Thank you. It is not even a recommendation. It is a requirement. I said it is a requirement. Don't tell me you're a born-again Christian in love with Jesus if you never spend time talking with Him. What kind of marriage would I have? Living with Brewer Baltman, never opening my mouth, but get on the phone and talk to everybody but Brewer Baltman. It would not take that man long. He'll say, if that's the way you feel about it, you talk to your friends. I, I find me somebody else to talk to. But oh my, I'm telling you, it's not something just mandatory. It's not just something we must do if we're going to be a born again, true blue child of God. It's something that you and I ought to want to do. We ought to want to spend time with God. We ought to want to hide ourselves before an almighty God and say it's me again Lord. You know me by my name. You redeem me and you call me by my name. I'm yours and you're mine and I came to have a little talk with you Jesus. I didn't come just to gripe and complain and fuss, but I came to have a talk with you. I've got petitions. I've got desires. I've got needs. But I came with praise and gratitude and thanksgiving with my prayer because I know my answer's going to come, and it's going to come right on time every time. Oh, he said men ought always at all times evermore nonstop to pray, amen to take it to the Lord in prayer and not to faint, not to be weary, not to lose heart He's, and that's what it said in verse 1 and then Jesus gives the illustration of a widow woman in a city and an unjust judge also in that city and how that woman would go to him and plead with him avenge me of mine adversary and if you'll look in that passage if you read over it I'll point it out in verse 3 is the first avenge that's mentioned then the second one is mentioned in verse 7 and the third one is mentioned in verse 8 each one of them carry a little different uh, definition and I want to give it to you that first of being said deliver me set me free I'm tired of my adversary harassing me tormenting me warring against me set me free avenge me deliver me and then it comes on down it said that the judge would not for a while did that discourage that woman not one moment did it discourage her but you and I let any little fly by night hindrance come along oh a 
just don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like talking to God today. Nobody has it as bad as I had it. And the devil's been on my doorstep all week. Oh, my God, I feel heaven helping us tonight. If Brother Roger had been a man too, he could have. Called Brother Shannon and said, I'm sick, running fever. He lay in bed several days last week. Was not able to come to prayer meeting Wednesday night. No, he said, help me pray. I want to go to camp meeting. Help me believe for my healing. I want to fulfill the call that's been placed upon me to go and minister there. I'm telling you, he was here Monday night because somebody prayed. Somebody got a hold of God. Somebody touched heaven. Somebody got in touch with an almighty God that said, you can't ask too much of me. You can't call on me too many times. You can't demand too much out of me. For he is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that you and I could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you and I. Lord, I feel like shouting. Woo, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, it said because he wouldn't for a while, he wouldn't listen to her, but she kept going back. I'm trying not to be lengthy, but oh, if I am, we got food in the back. If you're just about to starve, stay. And if they can't feed you, I'll buy you a happy meal at McDonald's. Just stay with me. Amen. I got a visa. I can put every one of yours on visa. If you need a McDonald's at your church tonight. Hallelujah. But oh, that woman never allowed anything to discourage her. If that man did not fear other men, if that man had no respect for God, there's no telling how he talked to that woman. I said, there's no telling how he treated her when she came to him. And I do not believe she went marching into his office and said, Mr. Judge, I'm just going to tell you right now, you've got to avenge me of mine adversaries, uh, and I'm just demanding you to do it. No, sir. I believe she knew I must go in with a right attitude. Amen. And she went in with that attitude, avenge me of my adversary. I'm not going to get out of my office. I don't have time for you. But I believe that little woman said under her breath, if somebody was close enough, oh, I'm leaving, but I'll be back. I'm going home, but I'll be back. He's not going to discourage me. He's not going to dampen me. I know I can get it if I'll come back. I know I can and get a hold of that heart string and pull on it and somewhere somewhere somehow I can have my answer if we'll have it made up in our mind that though we didn't get it the first prayer and we didn't get it the first service of camp meeting but I'm going back you hear me devil I'm coming back I'm going to be talking to God all over again and she went back she went back Hallelujah. The Bible doesn't tell us, does it, Brother Gerald, how many times she went back. It's not recorded. So your guess is good as mine. I'll guess she went. Give me a guess, Brother Shannon. How many times do you think she went back? 
Seven times. That's a good number. I like it. Brother Roger, how many times do you think she went back? Ten times. Brother Bubby, three times. Brother Jeff, how many? Ten. Brother Gerald, how many? Once a week. But I know, even though it's not recorded in the Bible, I know how many times she went back. You want me to tell you? I know. You do too. She went back until she got her answer. That's how many times she went back. She never stopped going back till she got her answer. Woo, hallelujah to God. She never ceased to go back. He said, because for a while, at, at, because he said, and he would not for a while, but afterward, he said within himself, I don't fear God, I don't regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Avenge there means, uh, uh, let me give you the definition, it means redeem from oppression. First one said, deliver me, set me free. And the second one, he said, I will avenge her or redeem her from under her oppression. Oh, my. But listen, what I want to preach is, he said, lest by her continual coming, she weary me. I looked that word weary up, and that word weary means, uh, uh, the w word weary, me with continual coming. The original Greek word that we get this from means the wounds and the bruises by boxers who beat beat each other and blacken eyes and bruise and beat the face about the eyes until they're blackened, until they're blue. I knew y'all wouldn't appreciate it as much as I did when I found it in the scripture. But I thought about that man was saying, listen, if she keeps coming back, every time she comes back, she's punching me in the face. Every time she comes back, she's leaving a black mark on my uh, face or my skin. Uh, she is taunting me. She's beating me. And Brother Roger, I got to study on that. I thought we think praying is just humoring God, getting God in a frame of mind that he can do something for us. And yes, it's communing with God. But every time you pray, have you ever thought about you're giving that devil a black eye? Every time you fervently pray, you're punching him right in the face. Every time you fervently, oh God, not a mealy mouth, lay me down to sleep prayer, but I'm talking about a righteous man and a righteous woman that said, hey, I've got a God that's listening day or night. I've got a God whose ears are open unto my cry. I've got a God whose eyes are watching me everywhere I go. Oh, my. I can speak to him but when I speak to him it's like punching that devil right in the face oh he does not like for you to punch him in the face oh he doesn't care how much we cry and snot and feel sorry for ourselves and have a pity party but you let us rear up square our shoulders and lift our head roll our sleeves up and say I'm going to go back to my prayer closet and I'm going to have a talk with God and I'm going to give him one more black eye. Oh. 
I never thought about it like this till I found out in my studying. It also means to stun and to upset, dumbfound, astonish, daze, and overwhelm. You know, boxers, they can beat until the opponent they're pounding on has black eyes or busted skin bleeding can pound them and pound them. I started to call you and ask you, did you have any boxing gloves? You guys said, I should have ta- called him. Because I got to thinking about that boxer. It's the one that gives that opponent that black eye, bloody nose, or broken jaw, or whatever. Amen. But did you know when you box, you can only use your fist. Some of y'all didn't know that because you're just looking at me like I didn't know that. Brother Gerald did. He's nodding. I'll run that by you again. Did you know that a boxer can only use his fist? He can use his feet. He can't bite. He can't scratch. Hello? He's supposed to use his fist. A right or a left. Or a left or a right. He's supposed to use those fists. Amen. If he's going to put a black eye on that opponent, he either uses a right or both of them. One at a time. Oh, I've seen a few boxing matches. Uh, they dance around, you know, and then they punch here and they punch there. I mean, you're looking at the right hand, here comes the left. Because they're doing all the damage that they can do to that opponent. Am I right? Oh, yeah. They can only do it with their fist. If we're going to give the devil a black eye, we can only do it with prayer. I said with prayer, but prayer's got gloves on it. It's got a right jab. It's got a left jab. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that, that, that blow that's inflicted or sent out comes from faith that said, I believe I can defeat him. I believe I can win this boxing match. I believe I'm going to come out the winner. I'm not going to come out a loser. My God, I feel heaven in my soul tonight. I've been in a lot of boxing matches, but I've never lost one to the devil because the Lord is the one that answers prayer and gives us what we need. Hallelujah. That blow is given out of faith. Oh, I know when I've heard you talk about how little you were in school. You'd still scrap with them, wouldn't you, Brother Roger? Didn't matter how little he was. Now, I was skinny. When I was growing up, I couldn't fight my way out of a wet paper bag. Hallelujah. But, oh, you made me mad enough. That's what we got saved, sanctified. Brother Tom, and be with the Holy Ghost. You make me mad enough. I didn't care if you were six times my size. I was going to put some kind of hurt on you. If I'd have been beat to the ground, stomped on, and nothing but a greasy spot left, I was going to leave some damage on them. I wasn't just going to sit down and cry. Y'all have heard me tell this. I'll tell it again in case some folks haven't. Used to ride the school bus to school. And my seat, because they picked us up first, me and my brother, I would always get on the bus. As I got on the bus, that first seat to your left was my seat. And I sat on that seat. Everybody knew that was my seat. 
Now I got on that seat. If anybody tried to get up, that's my seat. Well, one day, big old Francis sat down on my seat. Amen. I said, big old Francis got my seat. I walked on the bus. I said, that's my seat. She said, your name's not on it. I said, it may not be, but it's my seat. And I said, you're sitting in my seat. I said, you know I always sit there. Get out of my seat. I'm not moving, folded her arms, and I flew into her like a little guinea wasp. I punched her belly. I scratched her. I kicked her. I had her squalling and bawling when she got off the bus. I'm not proud of it. Don't you endorse it with the kids. That's not the way to do it. I'm just using this as an illustration. If we were that adamant about this is what God's given me. You hear me, devil? And I'm not going to let you have it. I'm not going to give it over to you. And fight back. Stop taking those poundings. Fight back. Oh, fight back. Fight back. Tell him he can't have your joy. He can't have your peace. He can't have your hope. He can't have your children. He can't have your job. He can't have your church. He can't have your pastor. He can't have your wife. He can't have your husband. Fight back. Oh, my. She got off the bus crying. And when she got off crying, it just struck my little feeble mind. If my mom ever finds out what I did, she's going to beat me within an inch of my life. And I was scared half to death. For days, I was so afraid somebody was going to tell mama. She never found out till I got saved saints and told her about it. She said, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Hallelujah. But oh, that boxer will fight and throw those punches every way, every chance he gets. Hallelujah. But you know what some of us do? We might just tap him a little bit. Then he comes back. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have got him upset. There's been a foolish teaching going around for years. And if you believe it, pardon me for saying it's foolish. You're going to believe it you have yourself. But I ain't got time for that junk. Amen. There's people today that will tell you, Oh, don't say that, Johnny. The devil's going to hear you and he's going to beat you up. So we draw up in a wad. Oh, I can't say that. I know that it's, it's the truth, but I can't say it because the devil's going to beat me up. Who made him omnipresent? Who made him superior to the one that said, Now you come to me, I, you belong to me. You're mine. Amen? We can't serve two masters. So if the Lord is our master, what have we got to be afraid of? Can you tell me today, right there in that pulpit, greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world? I was listening. You thought I wasn't, but I was listening. Amen. Oh, my Lord. We, we need to fight back with what God has given us. Brother Roger said it today. I wrote it down. I may not have it verbatim, but he said prayer is a powerful weapon.
I don't know if you remember him saying that. But he said prayer is a powerful weapon. And he mentioned prayer and some prayers that were prayed in the Bible. But oh, prayer, every time you pray, you're punching that devil. You're talking to God, but that prayer is a punch in the devil's nose and in the devil's face. And sometimes those boxers, they will fight until they knock out their opponent. We may not can knock him out, but I'll tell you what we can do, Brother Tommy. Uh, James 4 and 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and God will draw nigh unto you. We've got to resist him. Amen. Oh, my Lord, help me here. It said in First uh, Kings 18, Elijah took Israel, Baal's prophets, and the prophets of the grove upon Carmel. And the Bible said Elijah was a praying man because he's praying. There's not been rain or dew. For what is it, three and a half years, three and a half years, they've had no rain and no dew, no sign of moisture. All because a righteous man prayed. He was praying in the plan of God. He was praying in the will of God. For God was working a plan to get that Israel crowd that had been turned away by Jezebel and Ahab from Jehovah God. Can I just say something right there? It blows my sanctified mind how church people that have been in church X number of years can let some little old thing come into church and they want to look like it, act like it, smell like it and partake of what they're doing. And that's no different than Israel. When Jezebel and Ahab started promoting false and idol worship, here drops the Israelite little puppy dogs right behind them and endorsing it. But God said, I found me a man. Oh, I found me a man. I found me a praying man. I found me a man that will listen to me. I found me a man that will speak for me. I found me a man with a back like a saw log. I found me a man that won't compromise. I found me a man that won't be swayed. And he began to work through Elijah. Elijah prayed a 63 word prayer and fire came down out of heaven. Oh, somebody praise Glory, glory. This comes back. I'm almost done. Wherever redeemed y'all want to come on. If you don't, I might preach another hour. Come on. I, I was going to bring this out the other night when I preached about being broken. This blows that that doctrine, Brother Shannon. Of, oh, don't say that. Because the devil's going to get you. Y'all be Right out of the water. There was a little old lady. She wasn't as tall as I was. Dear old saint of God of many, many years. Amen. She didn't wear her hair, you know, pumped up like mine. She just had a little teeny white ball on the back of her head. She didn't look like much. She wasn't loud in church like me. Like Brother Shannon. You got your people scared to say amen. She wasn't loud, boisterous. Dear old saint of God, lived out in the country. 
had milk cows. And her chore every morning was to go milk the cows. She got up one morning, went up to that big old barn, double barn doors to close that barn up, opened those doors, went in, milked the cow, came back out. I mean, no one's a windstorm had come up. And when she opened that door, not thinking about it, that strong wind slammed that huge barn door on her hand. She felt it as the bones began to crush and crackle and break. Oh, she didn't sit down in that barnyard feeling sorry for herself. Why did you let that happen to me? I serve you. I go to church up in the No. She just took that little bony hand that was crushed and broken and lifted it up. She said, God, if you will, you can heal me. And she said she felt every bone come back in its place. God instantly healed her. The power of prayer. I said the power of prayer. But we've got to be consistent with it. I'm as human as you are, and if I'm not careful, you know what I'll do when I'm in trouble, when I'm sick, when I'm afflicted, or somebody close by me that I love needs urgent prayer. I'll get in that prayer closet. Oh, I'll pray that effectual, fervent prayer. I mean, I'll plead with God and lay my petition open before Him. But I make it a practice to never get up without thanking Him for hearing and knowing that He will answer in His time and way. But then when things are going pretty good, we just kind of get down with a little soft-spoken word. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise you. That is not praying. I've been around people in my altar long enough and listened and watched them pray. Don't get mad at me because I don't know who does it. Hallelujah. If you do it tonight, I might know. Hallelujah. But I've been there, they get down in the altar, call themselves praying for somebody. And all they're doing is saying, hallelujah, glory, bless them, Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, wonderful God. Oh, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, glory, thank you. That's not praying, that's praise. And that's giving thanks. I'm trying to help us tonight. Because God needs a church that will pray the effectual, fervent prayer. You can never come to me with your needs or your petitions and find me preoccupied, uninterested, and uncaring. But you will find me listening, observing. You will find me ready to administer and give to you what I know is best and right so that need or petition will be supplied in me. Do not be afraid to ask me even for the impossible. For those impossibilities I glory in performing so unbelievers can know what a mighty God I am and what a mighty power I can display and show. But call on me sincerely, honestly, fervently, consistently, and I will answer you and your enemy will be defeated every time, saith God. Raise a hand and thank you. Raise a hand and thank you.
raise a hand and thank him. I know I got to close. But I wrote this day. I never got time to read this. I found it in some material. There was a man in the late or the latter part of the 19th century. And most of us are not old enough to remember. I asked Brother Baltman. He said, I didn't remember him. They called him Gentleman Jim Corbett. He was a heavyweight champion for five years in a row. And so someone interviewed him and said, what is the secret of being a champion? What is the secret of having those victories and winning those battles? He said, fight one more round. When your feet are so tired that you have to shuffle back to the center of the ring, fight one more time. Or fight one more round. And when your arms are so tired that you can hardly lift your hands to come up to guard or to fight, he said, fight one more round. When, you, when your more, nose is bleeding and your eyes are black and you're so tired that you wish your opponent would just crack you on the jaw and put you to sleep, fight one more round. Remembering that the man who fights one more round is never whipped, is never defeated, never loses if he fights one more round. I've told this before and I'm telling they're going to sing, we're going to pray. When I was in New Mexico, I fought one of the worst mind battles I've ever fought in my entire life. I thank God I've never had one like it since. I've had mind battles, but not like this one. I was by myself in that little flat roof building in Tucumcari, New Mexico. And the devil was beating on me. He was hounding me, saying in my ear, I'm going to take your salvation. I'm going to take your joy. I'm going to take your testimony. I'm going to take your ministry. I'm going to take everything away from you. I felt so defenseless by myself. I'd call different ones. They'd pray for me, sent me prayer cloths. But for two days and a night, I never slept nor ate. All I could do was walk the floor and say, God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. But all that was feeling sorry for myself. And as sure as you looking at me right there, I heard a voice say, you go kneel by that sofa and you pray one more time. You pray one more time. And I thought, what can I say that I haven't already said? How can I petition God in a way that I haven't already? And I went. And by the time my knees hit that floor, God helped me to get into a spirit of prayer. Pull up a shirt. I know when I enter into that spirit of prayer, I know when I'm just praying, because I'm praying, need to pray. But I know when I enter into that spirit of prayer, oh, I know that God, I have his full attention. He's looking down, and he's about to do something. I felt something warm, Sister Joan, start at the top of my head, me kneeling on that floor. It just went all through me. I lifted my hands and I began to praise God and thank God that he heard my prayer, that he loosed me 
of what was trying to bind me. Yes, I've been disappointed when my prayers haven't been answered when I thought they would. Yes, I've been discouraged at times when matters got worse rather than better after fervently praying. But I promise God, I never stop and I never have. I want to give the devil a black eye every chance I can. I'm not saying it's the length of the prayer, but it's the quality of the prayer. It's not even the location of the prayer. It's the quality of the prayer. The sincerity, the honesty, and warning. Warning and answer from God. Would you stand with me tonight? As they begin to play and sing, who'll be first? Now, if you need prayer, come and stand. If you want to come and pray, come and find your place at the altars, podium, front pews. You want someone to pray with you, go get their hand and say, come, go with me down there because we're going to pray and we're going to get an answer from God. Who'll be first as they begin to sing? I'm coming. Thank you, Lord. You want prayer? Come and stand. Come and stand if you want prayer. I won't ask you what you're coming for. That's between you and God. Come and stand. If you'd rather pray or need to pray, get along with God. Find your place. 